Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Looks like the bank is going to go to the end of his shift here. He's got another play here. It's out in front. They score! LeBanc couldn't clear it out, and Brandon Saad gets it for St. Louis and bangs it in off of Kakinen to make it 3-2 Blues. That's a tough shift for Kevin LeBanc right there. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for another day of Sharks hockey, and I am hopeful that the Sharks will bounce back with a much better performance than what we saw last night, which is part of the frustration because the Sharks weren't that bad last night. There were just critical moments like we came in with where they made the glaring and or big mistake. And that's the most consistent thing about the Sharks this year is their ability to make those critical mistakes at just the wrong moment. They've been in games. They've been playing good hockey. Most of the time when you watch the Sharks, it's pretty good hockey. It's not like some of the bad teams I've seen over the years in the NHL, but they do make those critical errors or they'll just have a bad stretch of a few minutes or a few shifts where they let the game get away from them. And it's it's very, very frustrating. I can only imagine how it is for David Quinn. I can only imagine how it is for Logan Couture. But I do think that this team does have the ability to figure things out just based on the level of talent of some of the players that they have. And hopefully it will trend or continue to trend in the right direction because I do feel it is overall an improving team, but they need to do more than just improve. All right, to go over all of this, we are now joined by Curtis Pashelka, who covers the Sharks for Bay Area News Group. Curtis, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Good, Ted. How are you? I am doing very well. Uh, you know, just taking in everything that, you know, is going on with the Sharks right now. And so I, I will start this Sharks discussion by starting with the, the Barracuda, um, just because I saw your tweet yesterday about the $3 beers. Um, and yes, you know, that's always a great way to get people into the, uh, into the seats is cheap alcohol. I'm just curious, uh, you're, you're a writer, so you might be fancy, but what is, what is Curtis Pashelka's go-to drink after a hard day of work? You know, I like, uh, if I'm in a mood for it, I'll have a, you know, a vodka, vodka soda or something like that. You know, that's kind of a, you know, even just a cold beer, you know, that's, nice. that's, how it, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, what I go to after a, a perfectly hard day, but, uh, you know, after a night like last night, I'm just uh, kind of unwinding <laughs> a little bit and then going straight to bed after that too. So, so uh, yeah, maybe something along those lines is probably probably a nice relaxing thing to do before I go to bed, I guess. Right? Yeah. No, I just I was laughing because I was I was thinking about the Barracuda last night, and you know, Curtis, last year the Sharks, and you can take this in whatever direction you want to, because I'm not I'm not trying to make it inflammatory, but I'm sure people will think of it as me asking an inflammatory question is. The Sharks were playing with guys that are currently on the Barracuda and getting better results. And this year they have what is ostensibly a, a better roster. And you can tell me, you know, I'm wrong, which is fine. I'm used to that. Uh, but, you know, the, the, I feel like the team should be better. And last year with all the rookies, the COVID absences, they were a 30 plus win team, which is, you know, not amazing by any means, but like something is distinctly changed. And I, I can't just 
be Brent Burns not being on the team, right? Yeah, I mean, I think at the start of last year, you know, they had a very good camp. You know, they played with an identity. I think they had that instilled in them that they had to play a certain way um, in order to uh, in order to have success. And yeah, you had some some fresh new faces on the team. You had a William Eklund coming in, 18, 19 years old. He was starting to make an impact. He had some other young players. You know, Jasper Weatherby was was on the team at that time. He was playing fourth line center. He was having some success, some, some success here, here and there. And, you know, you're getting some pretty good goaltending too at that time. James Reimer, Aiden Hill were, were two guys who were playing well. Um, and then some other guys got off to some really fast starts, Timo Meyer being one of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this that that team last year, when you look back, they, they got off to a really good start and really kind of hung around the playoff race. Uh, up until about January, up until, you know, right up to the time uh, Eric Carlson got hurt and then it, it kind of went sideways from there. But, yeah, this year's team, you know, they, they've definitely had some hurdles. They've had some challenges, you know, the travel being one of them, uh, you know, getting used to a new, new staff, uh, a bunch of new players on the roster. And so that, that's taken a lot of time here to sort of get things going in the right direction. And, you know, who knows how long it's really going to take before everything kind of settles down and, and guys start to, to get into a groove and, and start playing well without some of these really costly mistakes that they've, that they've, had, to ha- that they've had here over these last four or five games. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Nine points at this point of the season isn't acceptable for them, and, and I'm sure they feel that they should be, you know, closer to a 500 points percentage at this point for sure. Yeah, and that's... I mean, that's the most frustrating thing for, uh, I imagine, anybody who's watching or on this team is that, you know, we go back to the start of the last homestand. They were up against Vegas 2-1 entering the third and gave up three straight goals. They beat Toronto. They had their chances against Tampa. They had their chances against Anaheim, against Florida, against Anaheim. And, you know, these they were all winnable games. I mean, that's the amazing thing to me is that these were all golden opportunities. And they, except for the Toronto game, they couldn't, get it done and then last night game one of their road trip another instance of which they have a chance to win the game but you know when all is said and done they are at this point good enough to to lose so i mean i guess while we keep seeing the improvements i mean how much longer before you think it does kind of turn that corner because we all see that it's close but it's it's still not there yeah yeah it's 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 i'm not sure i mean maybe the 20 game mark maybe maybe it takes half a season um, before this for this group, um, you know, finally sort of hits its stride and, and plays with plays on all cylinders before you start getting nice. You know what we were saying at the start of the season? Okay, well, they're, they're playing pretty well defensively as far as keeping the puck out of their own net, but they just can't score. Like guys like Tim Tomas Hurl and Timo Meyer, they just weren't firing it. Well, those guys are, are playing much better now. Uh, you've got Eric Carlson on a record pace as far mm-hmm. as the Sharks fra- as far as franchise goes. Um but you're still losing games. And so it really just comes down to, you know, these, you know, two or three key errors in each game uh, that's really cost the sharks. And it just seems like you're back to a point where um, almost when it, when something bad happens like that, you know, the team almost kind of says, you know, almost kind of sags and here we go again. And, yeah. You know, like Gutierrez said it last night, it's just, you know, it, it's one, it's just these kill these these key mistakes are just killing them. And can they when can they start to eradicate that from their game? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it starts tonight, maybe it starts you know, at some point in this road trip, although it's gonna be 
very difficult going into Minnesota and then and having a, another game in Vegas who's just on fire right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when this team starts to sort of put it all together as far as playing well defensively, getting good goaltending and getting some some timely goals. It's, it's going to be a challenge, I think, for, for a while here for this team. Do you think that there will be any kind of shakeup significantly before the trade deadline? Because I've not specifically Eklund and Bordalo, because I know they've, they probably want to shield them from some of the stuff that the team is going through right now. And maybe that's the right move or maybe it's not. I, it's not my, I'm not experienced enough to know what does and does not impact a young player. Cause I feel like we could go, you know, t- talk about a million different players and their million different paths. But I mean, do you think that there could be any sort of shakeup before that point? Maybe not nothing huge, but something to just kind of give the guys a little kick in the rear, or is it just you know this is what we're going to do until you know it's the it's the deadline? You know, it's interesting. I you know I think that if uh, if there's a contending team out there that um, you know maybe has a goaltender get injured for for a while and they need someone, maybe they. They call the Sharks and inquire about James Reimer. I mean, I do think James Reimer gets traded eventually here before the before the deadline, but um, maybe that happens sooner than later if, if there's a need out there for – the team has a certain need out there and that can take place. Um, you know, looking at uh, some other players on the roster, you know, you're right. I don't know if I see anything big right now. There's obviously been some talk that, you know, what, what's, what's Timo Meyer's long-term future here? Can, can you trade an Eric Carlson? I don't think you're going to trade an Eric Carlson, but you know, just, does the, do the rumblings about Timo Meyer grow a little bigger mm-hmm. as, you know, as the, as if the can, if the Sharks can't get things going in the right direction here, um, that's certainly possible. Uh, more likely, though, I think you know, something maybe Mike Greer might try to do is just to kind of nibble around the edges, get some new blood in there. Um, I don't think you know that there's going to be significant, maybe a call up, maybe a, maybe a call up from a um, not a, not a Bordalo or an Eklund, but maybe like uh, you know a Jeffrey Vial or, or one of those type of veteran players, more experienced players down there gets a call up, but. Of course, the problem with that is that the Sharks are already at 23 players, and if mm-hmm. you're gonna, you need to make room somewhere. So does that mean you send it, you know, Svechikov down or Gregor down or try to get those get those guys through waivers? I don't know, but um, you know, I think I think Mike Greer might try at some point here to to bring some new life uh, or just to shake things up just a little bit because um, you know we were looking at last year. You mentioned that uh, the Sharks had so many guys coming and going last year and some of that was due to covid for sure but yeah um this year they've had two guys you know called up and then or sent they sent down two guys and uh called her and you know basically they only had two transactions basically they, they sent down scott harrington and they had to recall on the next day basically and then they for, for salary cap purposes they brought up eckland and then sent him right back down mm-hmm. so so that's really the only transactions they've seen so far, and I'm, I'm I am kind of curious to see if, if there might be some more here along the way. Even though there is going to that's that's going to present some challenges too. Are you surprised that uh, Noah Gregor hasn't played more? Because I thought that entering the year he fit a lot of what Mike Greer and David Quinn kind of talked about wanting to see from their players, and you combine his kind of effort based style with his speed. Even if last year he was a bit snake bitten, you know, went off the post and just couldn't get nearly as many goals as the, you know, high quality chances he created. I felt like he would be a more natural fit, but it, it clearly hasn't been that way. 
Yeah, yeah. There's been there's there were a few games at the start of the season where he just really didn't notice them a whole lot. Whereas yeah. even last year when he was he was uh, you know like you said going through his scoring slump and just couldn't find the back of the net, you at least you, you noticed him because he was using his speed uh, to create opportunities. And last night I thought that the first period there we got two shots on net. That's mm-hmm. the first time he's had two shots on net in a game uh this year and he got two shots in the first period where that was the first time i really really noticed noah gregor sort of using his his best assets to to make an impact in the game and then you know as the game went on it kind of you know i think i you know david kind of limited his minutes a little bit and and um you know kind of uh um you know was back in the same position he was uh you know at the start of the year for 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 noah at least from what david quinn's been saying it's just all about consistency and just bringing a, a, a type of game that he needs to play on a, on a consistent basis. So we'll see if we'll see if Noah's back in there tonight. I, I don't. I'm not sure if, if what uh, what Dave Quinn has planned as far as his lineup goes. And we know that James Reimer is going to be playing mm-hmm. instead of Cockinen. But uh, as far as some other lineup changes, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And and uh, but yeah, I mean, after way last year ended for for Noah Gregor, you're certainly hoping that he could. Uh, you know, pick up where he left off and, and be a, a consistent middle six forward for the team. And just hasn't happened yet. Are, are we overly surprised by Eric Carlson? Like, I feel like there, there's a part of me that wonders that if I should be as surprised as I am because he's healthy. And when Eric Carlson's healthy, he's usually pretty good. I don't know if we expect him to be quite this good, but I mean, what he's been doing has always been within the realm of possibilities. I mean, this is, this is why the Sharks got him. Yeah, it's been it's been um, really enjoyable to watch to see how he how he's playing right now. You know the way he's he's carrying the puck, the way he's finding shots and getting through getting shots through the net. Um, you know that power play has improved as well uh, over the last few games. Even though they didn't get any, didn't get a, a power play last night, um, generally that that power play has been better. So you know you put it all together and and. Um, you know his usage. I think his usage is 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 better this year. Obviously, he's playing more minutes uh, in the absence of Brent Burns, but he's getting a lot more ozone starts this season so far than he has uh, maybe over the last three or four years. So, you know, it's it, it's been every time he touches the puck, it just seems like there's some some good could happen for the mm-hmm. Sharks the way he's playing right now, and you know, especially if he has the puck in the offensive zone. Um, you know, it's it, it, you gotta yeah perk yours up because you don't know you don't know what's going to happen so uh yeah the key for him is just staying healthy right now and and uh you know if you can average a point a game for the season um you know i don't know if that's going to happen but he got to put he's got to be right there for the norse in, in my opinion um you know if he's uh if he's going to continue to play like this for sure yeah no i mean he's been a, a really fun to watch i mean I, that's the thing to me is like in in a year that up to this point has not offered fans a lot like eric carlson is specifically like you said when he touches the puck it's like ooh, let's let's see what happens next um you know who else i am enjoying a lot is david quinn um i remember after the the first loss to anaheim last week i can't remember who asked it but it, the question was you know do they maybe overlook anaheim a little bit and he just kind of laughed like there's there's a wry personality to quinn that i didn't really know was there that i kind of appreciate and i i like that he's not overreacting i like the fact that He'll express how he's feeling to us, but he's taking it in stride and um, he's pretty engaged. Like, you know, I didn't know what exactly to expect from him, but he's pretty forthcoming and he's pretty entertaining. 
Yeah, I think he's gotten more comfortable dealing with us on a daily basis now than maybe he was at the start of camp or, or around camp. He's getting to know us a little bit. We were getting to know him. But you're right. He, he can be very, um, you know, unfiltered at times, especially after some of these frustrating losses where he feels that, you know, the Sharks could have could have easily gotten a better result. So, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll uh, from his perspective, he'll, he'll tell it like it is. He's not really going to be calling anyone out by name, but he's just going to be a guy who's going to say what he's feeling and go over certain plays and and uh, you know he'll uh, we'll see, you'll kind of see how things go evolve here for for the next few months. But um, you know he's, uh, he's he's getting to know this group a little bit and and uh, you know f- with uh, with us as well. He's starting to get to know us too. So. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see kind of how things uh, how things develop here over the course of the year. But I think Dave's getting more comfortable in his role, and and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll kind of see how things go evolve here. I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, you know, it's it's just interesting to watch the Sharks because it's like you alluded to with the one big mistake. It's like I can't specifically. It's not like there are aspects of the team where it's like, oh, well, this is what you can blame. It's like I, you don't blame Quinn. You don't blame the individual players beyond some mistakes they make, but. It's not like something, there's no setup to fail. Like the Sharks are doing a lot right, Curtis, which is what makes it so head scratching when they make these errors. I mean, that's, it's got a Groundhog Day feel about it because it's, uh, you know, watching that game last night, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Like, yeah, of course, this is how this ends up. They they made that critical mistake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last night it was a situation where, you know, I'm just looking back at the, the, the third goal that, um, you know, Brandon saw it, you know, end up scoring there. It was, you know, Logan Couture had the puck on the wall. He sees uh, Kevin LeBanc kind of closer to the middle of the ice, passes on the puck. You know, LeBanc can't cleanly handle it. And, it, you know, kind of instead of getting it, instead of clearing it, he kind of fumbles it away and puts it in the corner to the to the, uh, to the the right of the Sharks' net. Uh, you know, the, the, the Blues win the race to the puck. Um, the puck is, you know, sent behind the net. And then, you know, no one's... Uh, you know, checking Josh Levo behind the net and, and, you know, somehow, some way, um, you know, Brandon Saad is, is basically left wide open, even though he's surrounded by like three, four Sharks players, <laughs> you know, he's left open in the slot and, and, and has time to, to get a shot off. It'd be Kapokokin and give, give the Blues a three, two lead. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, just can't happen. Even if you're maybe tired at the end of a shift, that's, those are sort of the mistakes that, that that, uh, that cost the team and you know the Sharks had another opportunity earlier in that shift to, to get the puck out and, and they couldn't do it so um, you know it's just uh, it's not easy you know for this group right now to to put together a 60 minute game and I'm not expect I don't think anyone expects them to play perfect um, but you know just some just some basic tenets of, of fundamental hockey that sometimes this team has trouble uh, kind of doing on a consistent basis and so this is uh you know hopefully that's something that the sharks can learn from this is you know another thing too is that this team you know, loses games that probably they shouldn't lose mm-hmm. uh, but also has the capability of, of winning games that they might not should be able to win I and mean, when they go into the garden in new york and right pull out a win and then they they be a good very good toronto team at home they play a very good game there so uh you know they're capable of winning but um, it's just a matter of, of uh, just limiting those those type of mistakes, I guess. Curtis, I will let you go, man. Always a pleasure. I will see you uh, at the tank soon. And uh, yeah, appreciate your work as always. You got it, Ted. Anytime. Appreciate it.
Again, that is Curtis Pashelka of the Bay Area News Group joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get you ready for tonight's game against Dallas. This one gets underway. Pre-game coverage at 5, game time 5.30. Again, right here on the Sharks Audio Network. We are all out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.